Hello, welcome to episode 25 of Amateur Bartending for Immature People. I'm Shannon. And this is Greg. And this is a podcast where we're talking, thinking, making, and drinking some cocktails. Yes, we are going always to. Always fun, always a good time. Yeah, it's been a bit, so I can't wait to get into this. Exactly. So what do we have, uh, what is in, in what is on the agenda for today? What, what topic? I think we're going to go into whiskey today. That a, that's a fine topic to yes, dive into. A brown, delicious topic. It is. It's a huge topic, though. Whiskey covers a lot of ground. It does, and that's a good point. So we have done scotch in the past, and, mm-hmm. and tonight we're going to be talking about bourbon. Okay. So... We have, uh, and in particular, um, American bourbons and American whiskeys. Okay. So we, uh, yeah, have uh, some interesting things for you tonight. And we have um, something that you brought up earlier to me, so I went and looked it up, and that was... Yeah, kind of, the, you've seen lots of different spellings of whiskey. Is there one that's wrong? Is there one that's right? Do they mean different things? I've I, wanted to know always. Yeah, so what Greg's talking about is whiskey uh, as W-H-I-S-K-E-S-K-E-Y or mm-hmm. W-H-I-S-K-Y. And um, they can both be, they can be spelled both ways, but it does confuse people. And it turns out that the letter is important to the story of the spirit. Ooh, I like this. That yeah. sounds cool. The Irish use the E. Which W-H-I-S-K-E-Y. is W-H-I-S-K-E-Y. Exactly. And that's a tradition that was carried over into American made whiskeys. Okay. Which is our topic today. Okay. The Scots, they don't use the E. And distillers in Canada and Japan follow their lead. Okay. Okay, great. But it doesn't mean that there's a huge I mean so there's differences between the whiskeys from those different places, but there's no wrong there's no wrong answer in that. Right Very good. Also have a, a little bit of a, little trivia for you, too. Whiskey trivia. Whiskey trivia. The word whiskey was an anglicized word from the classic Gaelic, um, which looks like it is probably pronounced very similarly. It's U-I-S-C-E, which I'm going to guess I like probably whiskey. Sa- probably sounds a lot like whiskey, so it's probably uski or mm-hmm. uske or something. And that meant water. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then distilled alcohol... Um, was known in Latin as aqua vitae, which is mm-hmm. water of life. Mm-hmm. And so it was translated into Old Irish as uskebetha, which is water of life. Okay. Uh, you see where we're going here. <laughs> and that's basically where we went. Water of life, whiskey. There you are. That's that's how that started. Do, 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 do. All, all back there with the Gaelic. So Interesting. Yeah, it's fun. So, so, what so, we got a, so we're going to be talking about American... We are, but you know, there's whiskey. multiple kinds sure, of whiskey. Sure, there's a ton of, I mean, you're going to see all kinds of names on bottles. I'm going to do a quick recap for you. Yes, please. Uh, so we have Irish whiskey. You've probably seen that on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got like Jameson or whatever. That has a smoother flavor than other kinds of whiskey. It's made in Ireland, obviously. Okay. Um, it can be distilled using water and caramel coloring, which is a little bit different than American whiskey. Okay. And it has to be distilled in wood and cast for at least three years. So, And that's Irish whiskey. That's Irish okay. whiskey. We might do it. We'll probably do episodes sure. on each of these. Sure. It's a know, good as excuse. We go through. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> then we have the Scotch whiskey, which we did an episode on Scotch. Yes. Uh, obviously made in Scotland and can either be malt or grain. Okay. Um, they are pretty serious about their whiskey making and they had um, laws for all of the different types and 
They have specific regions. Sure, and, and amounts you know, of whatever's in there. They have to age it in oak barrels for three years, and um, each of them has like each of the categories has like age equivalency statements That's to the cool. kind, right? So they're pretty serious, probably the most serious, I think. That seems reasonable. Then we have a Japanese whiskey, mm-hmm. which we'll do this too because this is a good category. They're a little bit later coming into the whiskey game than Irish and the Scotch. But um, we've had some delicious Japanese whiskeys. And, they're, you know, we were just out the other night and we saw, mm-hmm. you know, there was people asking for it at the bars. And, sure. and that's a become it's just I've seen it just become more popular as we we're going out. That um, has a little bit more of a closer taste to scotch and uses a similar method. Interesting. So. Okay. Then we have a Canadian whiskey, uh, our neighbors mm-hmm. up north there. Neighbors to the north. And they barrel age for at least three years also. Okay. Just like scotch does. Um, it's a little bit lighter and smoother, and it has a little bit higher percentage of corn in it. Oh, okay. Which I, I never would have thought about corn growing in Canada, but I guess it does. It must, right? Or they're buying their base alcohol from some place that distills it with corn. Um, and so, yeah, so they have um, a lot of them made from corn and rye. Cool. Um, but yeah. there's others that might have like wheat or barley in them. And then ours, uh, bourbon whiskey, which is our topic today. So bourbon means is the name for whiskey made in America. It's American style whiskey. And it's made from corn. Okay. And so now here, I mean, that's why I've kind of talked about that through here. Sure. So now are there rules on the percentages, et cetera, et cetera, on this? There are some standards to it, yes. Um, in fact, to be called bourbon, bourbon whiskey with an E-Y, okay. <laughs> the spirit needs to be made from at least 51% corn. Oh, okay. And it has to be aged in a new oak barrels. Okay. So it can't be previously used barrels. And it has to be brand new oak barrels. And it has to be produced in America. That seems reasonable. Uh, It has no minimum aging period. And it has to be bottled at 80 proof or more. Oh, okay. I mean, that's a pretty, (laughs) compared to some of the others, it's got a little bit more... um, Leeway in there. No, I think it's a little uh, More restrictive? Yeah. Okay. Um, But we're not like the scotch where... They're very restricted on the types and the the blends and everything. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, then there's a Tennessee whiskey, which is another, it's another American whiskey. And, um, while Tennessee whiskey is technically also a bourbon, um, this follows those rules we just mentioned. Yep. So it has the, the, again, greater than 91%, uh, 51% corn corn has to be new oak barrels and made in America and has to be, yeah. So let's see, uh, Tennessee whiskey is a bourbon, um, the, Tennessee whiskey defines the style of bourbon it is. Oh, you know, okay. So there's like a profile to it. Sure. And all current Tennessee whiskey producers are required by state law to produce whiskeys in Tennessee and to use a filtering step known as the Lincoln County process prior to aging Interesting. Their whiskey. So they got to be made there and they've got to use the Lincoln County process. Yeah, which I don't know what that is. Oh, we're going to have to look that up. Yeah, I didn't look that up this time, but maybe Tennessee whiskey is also its own. Yeah, episode. That's cool. There's rye whiskey. Sure. Which we are going to do another episode because mm-hmm. uh, that one's uh, coming up soon. Then, so rye is with 51% rye as opposed to corn. Okay. Okay. Well, the other ingredients um, could include corn and barley. 
Okay. Has to be aged for two or more years and not blended, but, and has not been blended. Okay. Um, so if it's not blended, it's called straight rye whiskey. Okay. And that's the actual name of mm-hmm. the thing. I've seen that on some bottles, too. Yeah, so if you ever see that. Um, rye tends to have a spicier flavor than smoother bourbons. Almost a strange grain-esque flavor. I mean, you're getting that rye taste, which is it's kind of a breadiness to it that you kind of get off of it, I think. I think sometimes it depends on which one. It tastes spicy to mm-hmm. me. Like and some, it adds a little heat, yeah, like a little food, yeah. little spice heat. I don't know. It, yeah. I wonder how that where that even comes from. Hmm. Who knows? It's just got to be the grain, I mm-hmm. guess. There's blended whiskeys, um, which are... Uh, different kinds, mm-hmm. um, as well as colorings and flavors sometimes, other grains. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know how often we use blended whiskey, but I mean, that exists. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah, I mean, there's tons of it. And single malt whiskeys. Um, those are one batch of, of scotch from a single distillery. Oh, fun. And they're aged longer, and the single malt comes from the ingredients, which the main ingredient would be malted barley. Okay. But those um, the rules of that aren't here in America. In America, um, single malt could be made from rye and not barley. Or, mm-hmm. But that, for like scotches, mm-hmm. is very specific. So. so there's lots of rules. So whatever you're interested in learning more about, just know that there could be some rules. <laughs> and, you know, what we're going to do here today and potentially in another couple episodes, at least one other episode that we have planned, is to go through, you know, pick one of these categories. By no means is this going to be an exhaustive like no. <laughs> all inclusive knowledge fest on you know uh, the particular spirit that we're talking about. Definitely, you know, there's going to be more information out there. And if we miss something, or if we get something slightly wrong, it's just it's not meant to be exhaustive. It's meant just to be kind of giving you something interesting to talk about while you're doing a little stirring with your buddies. Yeah, and the idea around this was when we go and get whiskey. Mm-hmm. That came up for me. I was like, I know I like bourbon, Uh but what's the difference between bourbon and and just sometimes it just says whiskey Mm -hmm. and and I like rye. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes bourbon has rye. I mean, it's it's, sometimes they're very rye forward and you're like, that tastes like rye. I'm going to use that like I would rye whiskey. And then scotch to me tastes very different unless Mm -hmm. it's like a low peated. And so just the flavor profiles between all these things, I just wanted to know. Why they were different from each other. So, so let's just say that we're going to crack the crack the book and open up a tiny bit for the interest of our listeners here as we delve into bourbon. Bur- bourbon, and do we got a cocktail to start out with? We here? do, yes. And this is going to be a really fun cocktail to okay. start with. We have not made these before, okay. and this was fun, fun one to make. This particular drink is going to be called the Imperial. Whiskey fizz. Imperial whiskey fizz. And there will be an egg in it. So I'm warning you that if you're allergic to eggs. Don't put the egg in it. Don't put the egg in it. But it will totally turn out fine without the egg too. Yep, maybe, it just maybe won't be as you. exciting won't looking. Be as foamy looking. But it will still work for you. Uh-huh. So um, anyway, let's make this. Right on. So we're probably going to put some ice in a shaker. Yes, shaker Actually, today. we don't want ice first, right? If we're going to do the egg, we're going to do oh, no, yeah, shake. Yeah. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to um, add basically the sour ingredients, let's say, like the more dry mm-hmm. ingredients, into the shaker, and you're going to separate an egg and put just the egg white into it. So mm-hmm. here is what we're going to put in. I'm ready to start. And we used a bourbon that we bought when we were in Montana, mm-hmm. and it was called... Big horn. It's a big horn. It's good too. It's really it was, mellow, mild, super mild. Really fun. This, I think, this recipe will work with any of them. Yep. Because it's uh, 
we tried to find recipes today that would help the bourbon kind of come through the drink a little bit more. Right. We figured since we're talking about the whiskey, we probably ought to make a drink where you can taste it. Yeah. And also, just try the whiskey. You can have it on ice. You don't have to make a cocktail out Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. You know, um, if you have a good quality one, you should, I don't know, I people might disagree with me, but a really good quality whiskey, I'm fine just on ice or with a little soda. Mm-hmm. But, but don't be shy making a cocktail out of it. But let's make this because this is almost like a fun. Let's this do it. is really fun. It's like a celebration. Okay. In your mouth <laughs> and in your glass. So let's do. Um, let's pull your measuring cup out, and okay. we're going to uh, in a dry shaker with no ice in it. Okay. You're going to add two ounces of your whiskey, whatever bourbon that you choose. Okay, we got that Montana. It there will work go. with other kinds of whiskey, by the way, but we're bourbon focused today. Okay. We're going to do one ounce of fresh squeezed lemon juice. Got that prepared right here, so it's going in. We really like this new squeezer we have. Mm -hmm. Um, That works really well, so if you have one of those, I would suggest picking one up. Maybe uh, it's in one of the pictures at some point. Did it make it into one of the pictures on Instagram yet? No, I didn't. Well, maybe we'll have it sitting there as a prop at some point in one of the Instagram things. I should take some tool pictures. There you go. Um, And then we're, they say in the recipe, a half a teaspoon of super fine sugar mm-hmm. we use simple syrup instead yeah. um i worry about using sugar because i don't think it dissolves all the way yeah um so what we did was a half an ounce of simple syrup mm-hmm. and that's in there i found a hint though that said if you don't have to buy super fine sugar if you want to try super fine sugar what you can do is just throw regular sugar into a blender and just whip it around a little bit that's a good hint um, a lot of times you'll use it for like rimming a glass or, mm-hmm. you know, so I didn't. Putting it on cookies or cake. Yeah. Anyway, you can just do it in a blender. So you're going to, and also you're going to throw your egg white in there. So right. if you want to separate out separated, your egg. I have a separated egg white in this bowl here and I'll just dump it in there. There we go. Okay. So now you're going to dry shake, okay. which means shaking it a whole bunch because you want that egg white to basically meringue in there. Okay. So I'll slap that around without any ice inside the shaker. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. You're going to do this for a while. Okay. Let's skip ahead here and uh, and get to the icy bit. All right. It should be. It'll probably be foamy <laughs> enough. It looks like it's good enough in there. I can see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just our timing isn't exactly always right. You're going to want to shake it so it can get foamy. Yeah. And the more you shake it, it's not going to go past something that you, you know, it's not going to go too far. No. So now you're going to go ahead and add ice to that shaker. Drop the ice go. down inside of it. Carefully, because you have liquid in there. I know. I don't want to splash all over. Yeah. No. And uh, let's go ahead and shake it with the ice in it. Yeah, it'll make some noise here. Very good. That's nice Getting and cold. it nice and cold. It's nice, yep. it's nice and cold. And I have a highball glass, you know, so you're going to use like a little bit okay. taller glass, something that you can put ice in. Okay. And you're going to put your like three and a half ounces of of liquid into okay, this bigger go. glass, right? Pouring it in there with the ice. Make yeah. sure you have enough headroom because we're going to put four ounces mm-hmm. just or, or to top. How's that look? Yeah, that looks good. Okay. So you're going to end up, you need just, you know, the extra room for soda. So um, we're just using soda water. Mm-hmm. Out and of our soda stream. Exactly. Uh, no flavor, nothing, just soda water. And you're going to top it off. And check out and see what happens with this. It makes a nice... It adds a little more extra foam to it. It's like it makes a crazy big fun top on top of it. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Pretty, it's cool looking. It is cool looking. Um, other recipes that you could use this. You, uh, I've seen some things where they say 
maybe ginger ale instead of uh, soda water. Oh, that could be good. Um, you know, there's or whatever. You know, you could add different kinds of simple syrups to this to change it around a mm-hmm. little bit, or a little orange liqueur or something like that. Oh, that's a good idea. But um, yeah, it's fun. Right, what do you think of that? You want to have a sip of that? Yeah, sure. Take a little taste of that thing and see what you, see what you think. Cheers. Yeah, we'll have to see there. It's fun. It looks like a fun little like meringue ice cream on top or something. Yeah, it's kind of there's ice in it, which is unusual for drinks that we normally have. And it's also a really good. Um, this is a good drink for kind of those in between. Oh, that is nice. In between that is drinks really nice. too, because it's you know it's very liquidy. Uh, you can control your alcohol content and uh-huh. have something to sip for longer. That's good. The the kind of the. Um, it makes a good uh, kind of mouthfeel with that foam on there, and it's kind of got that little bit of cut of the uh, of the bourbon coming through, and then, of course, that real nice lemon juice in there. That's good. Yeah, I like that. It's really refreshing. Like I said, mm-hmm. you don't have to it's put the egg. Yeah. You don't have to put the egg, but it kind of adds, it has a nice feel in your mouth, mm-hmm. and it does, like, make a fun. Has that? It's a little, uh, fourth little flavor. feeder to it. <laughs> the umami flavor or whatever <laughs> it is. It has got yeah, some. Tastes good. Yeah, so that's fun. We'll have the Imperial Whiskey Fizz. And you can do that with your bourbon. Easy to easy to make, too. That's the easy one. Mm-hmm. And it does help that bourbon kind of come through a little bit more. So, well, Do we have any history of uh, bourboning in America? Is that kind of the place to go next? Is that what we want to do, or you want to... We where, do, where we yeah. Go? So um, I can... Yeah, so, um, so bourbon came from... I think we might have mentioned this in a previous episode, briefly. Maybe. Oh, I think when we talked about the um, Whiskey Rebellion... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, it was named for a French family called the Bourbons, who uh, were like... okay. They, I don't think they were royalty, but they were like pretty high up there. Um, didn't go so well for them after the... Probably not. Rev- after the war for them. <laughs> but for some reason, um, they were Bourbon County in Kentucky. Hmm. was named after, after that, and then Bourbon also named after it. So it's... Uh, yeah, it's about French, the French folks. Okay. Um, I don't know if they, I don't even know why that area is called that, which I think is really weird. It must just be because of the amount of French people or the amount of French influence in that area. Very possibly. Which, odd, odd to me. Mm-hmm. I have some fun um, bourbon facts Let, for you. Let's go through them. Okay, so um, bourbon can be made anywhere. Do you know that? So sure. though, though it's associated with Kentucky, and there's a county called Bourbon, which we just talked about, mm-hmm. it can be made anywhere in the United States. Okay. But only in the United States. <laughs> so not anywhere, but anywhere in the U.S. Anywhere in the U.S. Okay. Um, and that's what, from the TTB, so the Alcohol, Tobacco, Tax, and Trade Bureau. Oh, okay. Um, that's their, kind of their rule. Um. There's, I guess there's something like if you're from Louisville that they have some other kind of thing. I don't know if there's a little bad blood there or something. I'm not quite sure. Probably. But yeah, so bourbon, not just from Bourbon County, can be from anywhere. Okay. And it's uh, legally a corn product, like we were talking about. Sure, okay. Uh, made with 51% corn again. At least, right? Uh, at least, yes. Okay. That's the minimum to be a bourbon. Um, it's one of the reasons it's historically called American, because uh, there's so much corn here. I guess so, right? Yeah. So though bourbons are made with some portions of corn and other grains, like barley and wheat and rye, 
Some bourbons use more corn, to your point, and are sweeter because of it. Really? And others okay. use rye for some spice or wheat like um, like Pappy's does. Sure. So, And then bourbon can... Bourbon has to be aged in new oak barrels that have okay. been charred to a particular level, depending on the distillery's preference. Mm-hmm. Though there's names of the kind of charring. So char number four is the most popular. Oh, wow. Okay. So I guess there's levels of char, levels. Of char mm-hmm. inside of the barrels, which is like basically burning in the barrels before right, right. you put this in there. Um, yeah. So it... It has to be in oak. It has okay. to be in new oak. And uh, also can't exceed more than 80% alcohol per volume from the fermented mash, if not less than 51% corn. And it can't be stored and stored at no more than 62.5 alcohol per volume, which oh, is 125 proof Okay. in the charred new oak containers. So that's kind of, there's that. Um there, so it doesn't say that the TTB doesn't actually mention American oak. You can do French oak or Japanese um, Mizuna oak. Hmm. That would be fair, um, but it seems like it might be kind of expensive <laughs> to me to bring that in. Right, right, sure. And what we know about oak, we went to that winery where we went to a winery where we saw like the new barrels and the different mm-hmm. grains of wood Staves, and stuff. Yeah. And the oh, the American oak looked like it was like a wider like a wider grain to it. So it looked like maybe you could soak in a little bit more from right. the it's wood. More, more surface area is what that's going to give you. Though the char does like help kind of seal that a little bit. Right. Our cats are trying to climb under the door if you hear <laughs> noises in the back. It's like spooky noises. <laughs> it's a little thump, distracting. Some thumping around of the cats trying to get in. So crazy. Okay, well, um, so bourbon doesn't really have to age. Mm-mm. So much, not like other whiskeys do, but um, where it distills, and also where it distills doesn't matter that much either. Um, it's not like there's a terroir for exactly for bourbon. Um, it's just more about the person who's creating it and the right humidity and temperature. Exactly. So, and then fun fact also is that bourbon barrels keep keep the scotch industry alive i'd uh, we i'd heard uh, i'd heard mention of that how does that work all how does all that work so scotch is aged in post-use bourbon barrels haha and since bourbon has to be aged in the new charred oak barrels um and they can't reuse them here in the to do more sure. bourbon yeah, yeah, or they whatever want the new oak yeah then they send the American bourbon barrels overseas to Scotland primarily, which is then those bourbon barrels are used for uh, maturing scotch. Well, that's cool. That's kind of interesting to me. So we better uh, make sure that keep we keep drinking the whiskey over keep here. Drinking bourbon. Send it over to the barrels for the scotch. We have. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. So a couple of little things there. A couple of little facts. I don't know if that helps at all. Mostly, uh, it's corn <laughs> there you go <laughs> mostly corn if that helps at all um the only other thing i thought was really good to know is that bourbon doesn't allow any coloration so i think i read it on some, one of the other right. types Irish of whiskey, whiskey some colors that it, they yeah. can put caramel coloring in and um yeah bourbon nope that color has to come from those barrels which is i think encouraging mm-hmm. so all right 
How's your drink going? It's pretty good, but I, I think we have another one on the palate, don't we? We do. What do we got for the number two? We do, and I have a quick little cool story about a bourbon thing. Okay. Um, after we have our, after we make our second. Very good. So what do we need for number two? There's so much to go over. I just feel like I'm talking just super fast about this one, but drink two is going to be called the Apple Sour Bourbon Cocktail. That's like a lot. What do we got to do to do that? <laughs> I have to go pick some apples. We're oh, going to okay. be... Yeah. <laughs> No, it's not that hard. So we are going to need your shaker again. Okay. Uh, we're going to throw some it. ice cubes into it this time. So ice, ice in the shaker. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, we're going to also have, we're going to be putting this in an old-fashioned glass over ice, by the okay. way. Very good. I mean, if we want to get your glassware ready, because mm-hmm. it doesn't take very long to make this. All so right. we're going to do one and a half ounces of whatever bourbon you have around. Okay. And this sounds like it's going to have kind of a strong flavor to it but it's a really light good drink and the bourbon does like come through it really well by the way so don't be turned off by the apple sour part that sounds like it's going to be yeah it sounds like it's going to be like candy or something or it's green. not at it's all it's not going to be green no it's delicious okay so you have your one and a half ounces of bourbon you're mm-hmm. going to do one and a quarter ounce of apple juice or okay. uh, it's the perfect time of year right now because we're in the fall for apple cider. Mm-hmm. So you could also, we used apple cider, which worked wonderfully. Mm-hmm. It's in there. Okay, you're going to do three quarters of an ounce of triple sec or any kind of orange liqueur probably will work. Just okay. dandy. It's in there too. And a quarter of an ounce of lemon juice. All right, there's that. And we need to do two dashes of orange bitters in there too. Okay, and they are in there. Excellent. Let's go ahead and shake that up and, uh, oh, the cat. Cap it up. <laughs> shake it up here. Okay. We have wonderful little cats, but when we're in this room, they get, if they're not sleeping, they get very antsy. They want, they want to know what's <laughs> happening. All right. You want to go ahead and uh, strain that into this old-fashioned glass? Okay. Here we go over a piece of ice in there, too. So it looks good. It looks cool. In the recipe for this, they said, um, and I found this on Spruce Eats, they said, you won't find a bad bourbon to mix into this drink. Um, uh, it'll stand up to almost anything. Sure. Which is good to know. And another way you could do this is you could put like a sparkling juice. like um, oh, That would be good too. Like uh, either a sparkling cider or some kind of juice like that in there. Um, something that has a clean, natural flavor, not not cheesy. Not fake. Well, what's that like Jack Daniel's apple? Like don't I would not don't use flavors, don't use thanks. any of that. <laughs> Just don't. Cuz that's this is like a really Terrible. nice. Well, you're about to drink it here. Why don't you mm-hmm. tell me what you think about it? It's good. Yeah, I don't like it. It's really smooth. It's, it leans towards the sweet side, but it is good. It's very good. Yeah, I like you have a little sip there. Kind of has that whiskey flavor coming through and then kind of that you know, we used apple uh we used apple cider, so that kind of has yeah, that cider nice. taste kind of coming in alongside it. And it's good. It's I really like good. it because you really taste the bourbon in it, too. I th- mm-hmm. It's a that's really, a good one. yeah, delish. Very nice. Mm-hmm. That's a well, well rounded. Well, I think that kind of balances more to the sweet side, but it's still, it's good. It, it's, it's reasonably balanced. I am going to look around here for my neat little story I found. Okay. So give me just a second. Just look um, for your bourbon I have story. A, lot of, a lot of paperwork today, but I know we're running close on time, so I've got to try to find the right, the right story here. And what it was is there was, it's about Jack Daniels Mm -hmm. and the Jack Daniel whiskey. They make whiskey for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And I think for like 150 some years, I think they have for a long time. Yeah. yeah. It's been a really long time. And uh, there was a story about nearest green. 
who was a person. Mm -hmm. And the first clues about the role of Nearest Green were in Daniel's official biography, which was published in 1967. And it was about half a century after his death. Mm -hmm. And Green was mentioned about 50 times in this book. And then his name just disappeared. And so an author, her name was Fawn Weaver, um, started looking into this and tried to figure out who Nearest Green was. Mm -hmm. So she said, it's important to set the record straight because anyone as a con who accomplished something like Nearest did should be honored. So what did he do? I don't know. I, I want to know. I want to hear more about this. Well, Nearest Green was a slave and he taught Jack Daniels how to make whiskey. Wow. Okay. That's a pretty big, that's a pretty big, big hurdle there. It's, a, it's really, really cool. Let me get to, um, and she, the author, Fawn Weaver, went through like 2,500 hours and spoke to over 100 relatives of his to wow. try to put this story together, which is a book I think I would like to read now. That is cool. I would like to read that book too. So her, um, she found one of the great granddaughters of Greens and heard the, who had heard the tales of whiskey from her grandmother. Mm hmm and her name was Debbie Staples. And uh, here's how the story went. And, and I'm reading this from a CBS article. In the late 1850s, Jack Daniels, who was an orphan, started working for a wealthy landowner and whiskey distiller named Dan Cal. Now, Cal teamed Daniel with Green, one of his slaves and his main whiskey man. Then after slavery, he started his own company, then Jack Daniels, mm -hmm. after slavery, started his own company, and the person he first went to was his first mentor, and he didn't even he didn't see race as a barrier, so he found um, he found Green, mm -hmm. and so they let's see here the evidence oh da 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 da, da. okay huh. the company finally acknowledged Green as Daniels' mentor last year. Oh wow! Well, this was probably like two years ago. That's this cool. article. That's but, cool. So there was a, but during the time, there was a lot of um, blowback yeah, about as, it. Yeah, as there would be. Um, it ranged some, from some really positive commentary uh, to some Pretty very negative tense. stuff, you imagine, yeah. pretty negative. Sure. But overall, yeah, yeah. overall, it was, um, the this was well supported, you know, except for like the 5% of people who are jerks. Yep. Um, she says people mistakenly assume that Jack Daniels had slaves, but by all accounts, he didn't. Mm -hmm. It's believed that he opened his distillery in 1866, a year after the 13th Amendment abolished slavery. Working with Daniels helped to make Green and his children wealthier than any many of their white neighbors. Nice. Today, Green is mentioned in tours of the distillery, which I hope so. I'd like yeah. to go find out. Heck yeah. There's no known photograph of nearest Green. Really? But there's a picture of his son, George, sitting right next to Daniel in a group in a group photo at the time when black employees were often relegated to the back. Hmm. And I saw the photo. And they're right in the middle of the group, which I was that's like, cool. oh, yeah, that's good. Um, even to this day, three living green descendants still work at the distillery. Wow, that's cool. I think it is cool. That I is liked cool. it. Um, they said, despite... Uh, deep racial divides in the American South in the 19th century, mm -hmm. an improbable friendship brood, uh, one that one at the heart of a quintessentially American brand. That's cool. It's cool that they're finally recognizing something like that. That's cool. That is really neat. The author said, for me, this project ends when I can go anywhere around the world and say nearest green and people know who he is. 
That's cool. I've never lived in this type of climate of race. And when I look at this story, that's one story that's given me hope through everything else. Fantastic. Isn't that cool? That's a great story. So there's a little bit more. I'm going to add just a little. I know we're getting on time, but. So then an article came out two years later, and this is relevant. So article came out two years after this, um, after the interview with that but without author, mm-hmm. there was, um, at the time when Weaver had been devoted to uncovering and sharing the Green's history. Mm-hmm. And in the last three years, she's launched Uncle Nearest and has raised $20 million to take over the whiskey production and turn a horse farm into a distillery. Oh, that's cool. The venture makes Weaver the first female and the first person of color to run a major whiskey or spirit brand. And using his name, that's cool. She says it's her way of honoring the man known to her as the godfather of Tennessee whiskey. That's cool. She also, um, Jeffrey Wright from HBO's Westworld, felt so passionately about preserving Green's story, he also made a short film to honor him. Hey, that's cool. I know. I I stumbled upon this. I thought it was really neat. Um, He said, if you want to appreciate jazz, you better know who Louis Armstrong was. Mm -hmm. If you want to appreciate American whiskey, you should know who... who Nathan Nearest Green was. Cool. And uh, this is available, by the way. Let's see, I found... Um, do, 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 do. So you can actually... Where can we buy it Yeah, that's, I was going to find it. <laughs> there's a whole article. There's a whole bunch of information about this, but it's essentially the legacy of keeping this man's name alive. And uh, so Uncle Nearest is the name of the bourbon. Mm-hmm. It's currently available in 48 states and a hundred. 148 countries. Oh my gosh. And it's the fastest growing independent American spirit. That's cool. I imagine, you could, did you see if we could get it at uh, Total Wine or something like that? I haven't, but I just found this today. So cool. I, I thought it was a really cool story. And so that's yeah, guys, if you want to get in on some of that, I mean, check your Total Wines, check your, uh, you know, your, uh, all of your uh, wine and uh, alcohol stores close by, see if you can get some of that. I'd like to try it. Yeah. Anyway, that was exciting. That was exciting, fun cool. little story I stumbled upon when I was looking around, and I thought I'd throw that in there. Right. So. Well, it's kind of, I think we're giving folks a little slice of uh, American whiskey. Like I say, it's not an exhaustive, complete rundown of it. It's just kind of what we were able to find. And you want to tell folks kind of your sources you got a lot of this out of? Yeah, I found, um, like I said, that article was on uh, cbs.com about the, but that book again was by Fawn Weaver. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I think it's called Nearest Green. Cool. So I'd take a look and see if you can find that. Or if anything, please support their product because that's a really cool, that's such a cool, yeah, cool if you thing do tr- to do. If you do try it, you know, email us, let us know what you think. And it's good for us to give credit where credit's due. So. Exactly right. Thank you, Nearest. Exactly. <laughs> His name was Nathan, by the way. Yeah. But I like Nearest better. Nearest is cool. <laughs> so if people want to see pictures of uh, these cocktails we've made today, where can they find those at, Shan? Find them on Instagram at Amateur Bartending 4, which is the number 4, Immature. And uh, we've got photos of our cocktails and the recipes. And an ever-growing visual recipe book for you there to peruse through and make some cocktails. I well, felt like that was a marathon session on, on bourbon. There is a huge, huge topic. And yeah. well, hopefully out of that, you'll just get, oh, it's corn and it's in America. Exactly. <laughs> and it's made in oak barrels. Give you some, <laughs> give you some more talking points when you're mixing up your favorite wi- American whiskey cocktail next time. Well, Shannon, right. this has been great. 
All right. Well, thank you. And uh, cheers. Cheers, Shan.